0: Hello. Welcome to Playful Joy, a parenting podcast without the guilt. This podcast is meant to share the conversations that I've had over the years with friends and colleagues and other parents. I want to bring you people who inspire and are interesting and funny and who've been where you are and inspire you to keep going and also make you laugh. This podcast is to help you rediscover the joy of parenting again. I started it because I saw and I felt that parenting had become a chore and a thing we do and I think that that can change. I want to help dispel the myths of perfection that we see on social media. And I want to be vulnerable by sharing my mistakes along with my successes. The goal of this podcast is to help you feel and know that you're not the only one who feels like you don't know what you're doing. You're not the only one wondering why life as a parent isn't what you thought it would be. You're not the only one who's been through whatever it is that you're going through right now. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you love it. Hello, lovely parents. Today on the podcast, we're talking travel with children, and I'm here with Craig and Erin, and they are from Alberta, Canada. Hi, guys.
1: Hello. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for doing this. I'm so excited to learn from your extensive travels. Um, I wanted to ask first, um, what was what gave you the idea to um, to travel so much with your baby to have an adventure, baby, as you uh, call her on the blog?
2: Well, this is something that's always been important to us. Travel was something that, that really brought Aaron and I together, mm-hmm. um, and so. When we were looking to having a family, that was how we saw our our life. So we've kind of built our day to day life ar- around going out and exploring as well, which I think has made it a lot easier to then uh, take adventure, baby,
0: on the road. On the road. Okay, so when you're when you're having just your regular life, you're kind of thinking about what kind of things to do that will replicate your travels or vice versa. Like you make traveling seem like your everyday life. Which way do you think it goes? I'd say it's both. Um, Yeah.
2: In our everyday life, we're trying to get go out and try new things and go to new restaurants uh, and explore our own city. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then also when we're traveling, we are honoring her schedule and, making travel as adaptable as easily to adapt as easy to adapt to for her as possible so that it's not a jarring change from her day-to-day routine
0: okay so you kind of let her schedule dictate the traveling a little bit or like try to weave it in as much as possible keep it the same for her
1: yeah when it comes to sleep we try to be pretty strict and have Mm -hmm. Um, her be in the accommodation for that Uh, we ask a lot of her on the road um, being in different places sleeping in different accommodations and um, trying new foods and all kinds of other things so we have really tried to honor like Craig said um, her sleep times and have Mm -hmm. those be um, in the same sleeping surface um, usually a pack and play yeah
0: Um, yeah. I brought did you ever bring I used to bring my children's blankets from home and hope that the smell would stay on the blankets and maybe that would help. Have you found that to be helpful?
1: Well, actually one thing that we always pack with us is laundry detergent. That's the same Mm -hmm. as what we have at home so that all clothes smell the same and especially all sleep things smell the same as home. I think that has a powerful effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's quite calming. So that's a must for us when we're traveling.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea because it wasn't just a week, your first trip with her, right? It was two months to Australia and New Zealand.
1: Yeah, when she was three and a half to five and a half months, we traveled. So we did whatever we could to keep things consistent. Um, And I don't know, maybe that was us taking a cue from her as as well. She was never great at sleeping in -hmm. the car or in the stroller, on a plane, (laughs) anywhere (laughs) anywhere other than (laughs) her crib. So um, we've just built... travel around that. And it's actually been not that difficult. Uh, We stay in a lot of Airbnbs and we usually message the host ahead of time and just explain the situation and ask, is there a way that we can get an early check-in or a late check-out? And almost every time people are accommodating for that. So it's been really great.
0: Oh, that's really good. That was one of your great tips on your blog too. It was to ask the hotel or the Airbnb or the Airbnb, sorry, if they have like what Um, amenities and if they have a pack and play already, if they have toys there already, do you still do that? Ask everywhere you go kind of thing?
1: Um, Well, we, I guess we always bring our own pack and play, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt to know what, what they have on hand. Um, If you're just going to one location, then yeah, that would be great. It'd be one less thing you have to bring, but we're usually doing a longer trip. So
0: yeah,
1: those things with us.
0: Right. And then, so she, Wasn't great at sleeping in like a stroller or other places, and then Australia and New Zealand that's a huge time change. Did you find that difficult at all, or did you just stick to her original schedule?
2: I'd say, if anything, she helped us get over jet lag. Um, we were prepared for the worst day of our lives flying to New Zealand, (laughs) Uh, and somehow she just decided that she was just going to sleep the whole way there, Yeah. Um, yeah so it was just a giant relief we got in got checked into our accommodation went out got some food and she went down and slept through the whole night woke up at five or six a.m and was adjusted
1: yeah and wow. the time change is so different that it's not as different if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, it does yeah, you know, know eight hours is a really tough one to
0: yeah deal with you said you were prepared for the worst day of your lives. Did you find that I found that was my biggest fear was a baby crying the whole entire flight and kind of disrupting everyone else's, um, you know, flight was, were you nervous about that? Or did you just kind of make your peace with it and go on with your day? I think
1: it's not as bad as what you expect because nowadays everybody has their own devices and they have their own headphones and they're all plugged Mm -hmm. in to their own things. So when you have that image in your head of 20 years ago, being on a flight with, you know, the one movie screen at the front of the plane and everybody's watching and you've got people mm-hmm. screaming and people are trying to sleep. It's not that same kind of image anymore. And it's really yeah. the people that are right beside you who are affected. Um, and we what we have found from our experience is that the absolute worst time is when you're on the plane before the plane takes off. Mm. That, the plane's not moving yet. And you can sometimes be staying there for a very long time. So we have to board last to cut Mm -hmm. on the length of time that we're on the plane. Um, Craig is really great with numbers. And what's always gotten me through these big journeys (laughs) is that he'll give me a percentage. Like we're two hours into this huge flight and he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, we're already 34% through. (laughs) Because when you think about how early you have to leave to get to the airport, spend at the airport before you get on the plane and then, you know, That really factors in. So it's nice to know, okay, I'm halfway through, even though there's actually a long flight ahead of us, we've done, we've done pretty good.
0: Right, yeah, I always that's always a big one for us too. We have to get up so early to make like a six a m. flight. We have to be there two and a half hours before, and then we live an hour from the major airport in our area, so it's yeah, yeah we've already been traveling for four hours before we get on the plane sometimes if it's delayed, so yeah, yeah I get that that sitting there. I find the vibration of the plane helps um Definitely. when my kids were young, yeah, like when you said just sitting waiting for the plane to take off. That made me think, yeah, I think it's the vibration that really I don't know if it's calming or it's just something. It's just stimulating, right? They feel it and then they kind of know something's happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. Yeah. Waiting on the tarmac is never, never great. I'll never forget. <laughs> it's not a baby story, it's a husband story, but we were <laughs> waiting. <laughs> we were waiting on a plane to go to Toronto to visit my husband's parents before we were we had any kids. And It was, I think we were waiting for three hours. It was a lightning storm. So we were like, they were waiting. I guess there has to be a certain amount of time in between lightning strikes or something. I'm not sure. But we were sitting there for, I think it was pushing two hours, just waiting to take off. And we were, and so eventually they came around and like, it was time for the food service. And at that time they still did food services that you didn't have to pay for. And so they're walking down the aisle and I see them coming. We're in the middle and they're coming from like in front of us and they're coming from behind us. And then they get, like, one seat behind us. And my husband the whole time has been like, I'm so hungry. I'm so starving. I can't believe we didn't bring any food on this flight. What were we thinking? And then the flight attendant says, oh, I'm really sorry. That was our last sandwich. We have pretzels. And it was like (laughs) – everyone on the plane got a sandwich except for us and i was like oh my gosh this is gonna be the longest four hour flight of my life anyways (laughs) it was funny so (laughs) i can only imagine that being i mean everyone brings food now on flights that was that was a different time too but oh man yeah the waiting on the tarmac
1: just in terms of being prepared right you don't know how long Mm -hmm. they are going to be there so with things like diapers you always want to have extra right like double the amount that you think you're going to need just in case yeah situation um we had requested a bassinet for when we came back from Bosnia when she was nine months old. And we had been assured when we arrived at the airport that, yes, we had one. And we got on the plane and we didn't. And oh. we tried negotiating and, and seeing if they would swap because the people sitting where the bassinet was didn't have a child and they said no. And so oh. it was very frustrating because yeah. Uh, idea of how this was going to go and then you have to adapt on the spot so just
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, we, we tend to keep sort of um, like backup emergency toy or snack or something that you have for those kind of situations where which you're longer of, than you thought you were going to be or
2: which, mm-hmm. which is the flight home after you've been traveling for a month it seems silly that you've been carrying these three toys around that you haven't yeah. let her play with and then you can do it. <laughs> She still doesn't get to play with um but it that that peace of mind of knowing that you have something in your back pocket uh, can make things more relaxing
0: Uh, yeah that was I was going to ask you that did you find that new toys I remember my first flight with my daughter we only went to Ontario from Vancouver but I bought new toys in Ontario to bring back with us because I think I mean, in my like research of child development, our brains are wired for like curiosity, right? So anything new, a child's going to be more into just because they've never seen it before. That's just how we're wired. So right. yeah, that's a great tip. It's just, just it does seem insane to carry toys you're not letting your child play with for two months, but I bet on the flight home, you were happy that you had them, right?
1: Yeah, and I think um, in our blog is how we sort of divided up the other toys. So if it was a long um travel journey like Mm -hmm. when we were in in japan for a month i had two different little bags of toys so that for each accommodation we went to so about every five days i would switch them out so Mm. there was something new and something that she hadn't seen for a week um that seemed to really help yeah now that she's a bit older it's worked well to have her be a part of the packing so Mm going to be on a plane what do you want to take and she's got Mm -hmm. a little backpack that she actually packs up herself and she carries herself and that's worked really well for us
0: oh that's nice I find I do that now too that my kids are older they get to choose what they want to bring and then I just have to put boundaries on you know how many stuffies (laughs) or how many toys or how many books but yeah yeah, they like to choose their own items yeah and then I usually pack some in my bag too that (laughs) just to have extra but yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, I wanted to ask you too, while we're on the topic of like on the plane, do, so a few years ago, people were giving out kind of like loot bags to the people around them to say like, yeah, we have a baby, here's earplugs. And so <laughs> my friend I was telling you about who's going on a flight said, what do you think about that? And I don't know. And then there was someone else who came out on Facebook that said, like, I don't need a loot bag to be around children. I just need to be a decent human being. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I think both ways are right. Like sometimes children are irritating and annoying and we all know this. But I, I feel like people are more accepting than when I mean, eight years ago when I first started traveling with my child. It seems like people understand more. And as, as long as you're trying to console your child. I th- I feel like everyone understands, but I don't know. Do you think those loot bags are a, a good idea or not necessary? Or I,
2: I I would agree with you that like most people are generally pretty okay with it. And the ones that aren't, I don't know if the loot bag like is going to be what will appease them.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe
2: if you got them a gin and tonic, that might be. <laughs> yeah. But- <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, those people are a little harder to come around. Hey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I
1: think framing it in a positive way, like, thanks for being a part of our first flight, or um, I always recommend that you dress your child in, like, the cutest outfit. <laughs> <laughs> People just think that they're more adorable and they're more understanding, which is mm-hmm. awful, but it seems to be true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I, – I get that, too. I think the more – yeah, just – they look well taken care of and you know people know that you're trying and you you take care of your child and you yeah Yeah. giving it your all (laughs) get them get them looking their cutest that's a good (laughs) that's good I found like connecting with the the people around me too like it's like no one wants to talk to you and no one wants to like say anything to the baby and like no one wants to like anger the child and then at the end of flights everyone's like oh she was so good she's the cutest thing ever then everyone's like walls are down and I'm like where were you people when I needed to entertain her all four hours of this flight like what were you doing why didn't you engage with me like this before and then so now kind of on the flight if my child's looking at someone, you know, I'll like bridge that gap of you can talk to my kid. They won't scream, you know, just kind of like yeah. inviting them in.
2: Yeah. We we've had an experience where we got on the flight to come back from Japan. And there was a passenger seated two rows behind us who had brought us an adult who had brought a stuffed dog onto the plane mm-hmm. as a comfort item or some such thing. Mm-hmm. And our daughter Spotted that and was yeah. upset for the entire flight of just going and standing next to this woman with her stuffed dog. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't really even up to us whether or not we were going to reach that gap because she was just going to go <laughs> and get in this woman's face for and the entire watched. flight.
1: The woman was great. That happened more than once in Japan too. Yeah. It happened. Yes. Somebody had a stuffy. Yeah.
0: And then, the, but the woman was good with it. She didn't mind.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, she at least was accommodating.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes the children choose who they're going to interact with and you have no say in it at all. It's it's,
2: it's stressful because, like, I didn't want to be imposing on this person, but they maybe shouldn't have brought stuff to animal on the plane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I had, so my seven year old on the flight this summer, we were seated beside this gentleman who was so lovely, but my daughter is incessant with questions. Like kids ask questions. She's times a hundred of that. So he, (laughs) like she was talking to him almost the whole flight and I kept like apologizing and stuff. And then, and my husband too was more uncomfortable with it than I was. And, um, he was like should you tell her like do you want her to switch with me like trying to get her away from him and I finally said to him he can say it if he doesn't like it right like at this point we're like two hours into this flight if he's sick of her he'll put his headphones on or he'll like you know he wouldn't have he actually offered her his headphones and it was like it was so lovely he was so so nice hers weren't working and he gave her his and it was yeah he was overly kind but you know, I think if people don't want to interact with your child, they'll make it known too, right? I just kind of, mm-hmm. we can kind of let that happen a little bit, but yeah, I get not wanting to be too, yeah, too imposing on other people. Yeah.
2: But that is one of the, the joys of traveling with a child is that they force you to be more outgoing and you're going mm-hmm. to meet a lot more people than you normally would because wherever you go, the people there are interested in your child. hmm and it that will inevitably spark conversations and yeah
1: definitely and we're both relatively shy people so that has been a positive experience for us it's kind of having her be the one to (laughs) pave the way for us
0: yeah oh that's nice yeah that's a good that's a good point you kind of have to and then you realize once you're in it it's it wasn't as bad as you thought right (laughs) people are more more kind and yeah loving than you expect sometimes not everyone wants to just be with their noise cancelling headphones on and like looking at the seat or their TV. Right. Yeah. Um, So back to your blog and all the tips on there, I loved the list of like clothes and gear and toys and food and all the different ages. So just so everyone knows, it's kind of organized by, it's organized by country. And then also it's, it's very easy to find like the age of your child that you've traveled with. So I think, yeah, it was it was really easy for me to find my way around there and I could find easily which, which age it was. Um, but I wanted to ask you, is there anything that is like a must have that you found has kind of like gone across? So she's two now, right?
1: She's almost three. Yeah,
0: Almost three. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's kind of gone across the ages as you've traveled. Is there any kind of items that you take every trip still or has mm-hmm. it changed as she's aged? Well, the laundry detergent
1: is one for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, for me, the uh, the
2: video baby monitor is a key one uh, because you're going to end up spending so much time where wherever your accommodation is and not everywhere is incredibly baby-proofed. And so you hear a little sound and you're not sure what's going on. And it's just the peace of mind of being able to see that she's fine is... Uh, I think, important to being able to enjoy the evenings while yeah. you're oh, waiting that's... for your child to the next day. Well, <laughs> yeah, and it's, that's it's a good it's idea.
1: It's been great because we've stayed in a couple of accommodations where we weren't expecting that we were actually going to have a really good range on the monitor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we stayed at in Japan, for example, in the traditional ryokan where she was in the room and our monitor stretched to the dining area. So mm. we started to bed and then had this night out. Essentially, the two of us had this gorgeous dinner that they prepared of all local delicacies. And we got to enjoy that as if we'd gone out for dinner. You know, when you're traveling, wow. you don't get any chances. So mm-hmm. yeah, that monitor is a great investment because it allowed us that opportunity
0: yeah that makes sense and it's always the noises are different like Craig, Craig said you hear a little noise and they're not like the noises of your home or your parents home you know the places you go all the time so you mm-hmm. would be a little more on edge right and just being in a different country yeah
2: okay that's what, what, uh, yeah. we've seen in places that have a collection of piranha skulls for some reason <laughs> oh,
1: <no>. <laughs> <laughs> true. So, there's always hazards yeah oh we're my always arranging People's furniture and trying to remember then where it was originally when we go to leave and.
2: And you think you found everything, but yeah, maybe there's some a smaller piranha somewhere that you just haven't found yet. So <laughs> it's just nice to know that they're still asleep.
1: I think another key is her comfort item. She has a bunny rattle that's her thing that she sleeps with, and he mm-hmm. invested early in multiples of that. Mm-hmm. So we travel we have two or three bunnies with us and we rotate through them and wash them regularly which has been great um and it's it really relieves stress when you're on the road because we lost one in japan in a grocery store <sighs> it's funny now and it wasn't a big deal like we went back and we looked for it couldn't find it tried to communicate with the cashier yeah it's there it's gone so we went back to the car and we knew exactly where to dig in and find another and she was none the wiser so right. um, if if your child has some kind of you know blankie or
2: an irreplaceable mm-hmm. loved object find replacement. replacement. <laughs> yeah, bring it with you yeah get a replacement
1: <laughs> hopefully she like, doesn't hear this in the future and become common <laughs> actually have a whole stash of, probably like six <laughs> now yeah. yeah we thought it would make a really creepy art project at some point where we get all <laughs> like this is the Japan money. This is the Bosnian money. <laughs> that's
0: funny. Yeah, no, that's a great idea to have extras. I feel like some parents do that now. Um, yeah, I know I lost a doll when I was a child and I don't remember it, but apparently it was very traumatic for me because <laughs> I <laughs> left it at a Wendy's and oh my gosh. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great, great tip. Um, and then also on your blog, it says that in one of the posts that 12 to 18 month months old was kind of the most difficult time to travel because, um, children just want to move so much at that age. And then they're really hard to kind of, um, it's hard to explain to them why they can't move. So like when the seatbelt sign goes on, they have to say, stay on your lap and sit facing you and all those things. And, um, I do remember that age. And I do remember we made like an airplane cardboard box at home and we sat in it and I pretended the seatbelt tight light <laughs> light was on and then you can't move. And then I turned it off and I kind of, um, I kind of blamed it on the pilot. I was like, that's the pilot's rules. Mommy doesn't make those rules and you have to listen to the pilot or else, you know, you're not safe on the plane. You might not be asked to come on a plane again or something like that <laughs> again, like traumatizing them. But um, just to like make it someone else's rule. Cause I feel like, I don't know, sometimes it helps when it's not coming from parents, it's coming from someone else. Like the pilot says,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you find that that age is the most yeah. difficult now that she's older still?
1: I remember us saying past 18 months when we took her somewhere, it was like she realized that this was not her life. <laughs> like the plane was not a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. Like she knew that this was just something we were going to be on for a couple of hours and then we would be home. Like she wasn't spending the rest of her life on the plane. Right. So that was a big moment because it, it was a lot easier after that. And um, there's a book, I know there's a board book that I posted on the blog that was a great one for preparing. I think it's called Hello Airplane. Okay. Um, we read that a lot at that age. Um, so she knew what to expect. And now, I mean, our, our top YouTube hit is the TSA. Um, Animated anim-
2: uh, security <laughs> briefing where mm-hmm. a family of dogs goes through airport security
1: like she requests that all the time oh nice <laughs> yeah, yeah so she wants she to watch that the partner like she she likes to know what's going to happen and um all of those um things were really helpful mm-hmm. um, and in understanding what's going to happen so
2: i would say that like since that that post like there's certainly things that are easier now that we can talk to her and reason with her and bribe her um, yeah. but the her will at that in that 12 to 18 month uh age we, you just kind of had to wait her out whereas now if she wants to make things more miserable she can <laughs>
1: yeah i mean every challenge yeah. yeah challenges true but yeah but it- I, I just, felt like, for me to not have my own personal space, you know, she was big by that age. Mm-hmm. We, we flew with her right up until she was almost two. So, like, a, a month before she turned two, right? Yep. So, you know, she's squirmy and she's on me and I've got her bag and my bag at my feet. And it just was, it got to be a lot. Like, I, I remember those flights coming back where you had multiple flights and layovers and just, I I inevitably always ended up in tears on the last one because I just needed to not have her be on me anymore. Yeah. Um, So as soon as she got to move over into her own seat, that was a big win for both of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I found that space to be a big, a big help too. I mean, just they can be, I mean, they're still on you sometimes or, you know, they still want to sit with you and stuff, but it just, even so you Mm -hmm. could just put the two bags on that seat then, or, you know, I mean, Yeah, yeah, that, that is a big That is a big win. Um, That leads into my other question, which is, do you um, do you guys take individual time? So, like, two months is a long time to be on vacation or traveling, and just to be all together all the time. Smaller accommodations, and you know, than your home or than you're used Mm -hmm. to. Do you take individual time for yourself? You know, do you go take a walk, and then the other one goes and takes a walk, or do you find time to have time to yourself on? On the, these trips, or do you find that you just stay together as a family for most of it and you don't need that?
1: For the
2: most part, we're staying together as a family. We do try to find those opportunities, mm-hmm. but it's like for me, it's always an option, but uh, it's not necessarily going to be the case that Aaron's is comfortable wandering in a strange city mm-hmm. at 9 p.m. to go try a new restaurant.
1: Yeah, yeah there, that's it a good point. When we were in split where you went out to get gelato first and you came back and was like oh great yeah I'll go out he's like the moon is gorgeous you have to go see this and so I went out and found the gelato place and came back and I was like did you not notice the sketchy um it was, it's alley very, that, very that I had to light. walk through first and <laughs> I like, think there's no lighting there and like there's you no know, lights in our staircase." and he's like completely oblivious to this. yeah I'm sure it was fine but,
0: right no but yeah, women are, we have to think of those things, right? Yeah, <laughs> Men, yourself, not so much. We really,
1: yeah. yeah, we really make an effort to pick an accommodation where we are going to want to spend some time. Mm-hmm. Going back to the earlier point of the fact that we do try to have her naps and sleep times be in like at the accommodation um we've made a real effort to pick some cool places but that have a great view that have a an outdoor space somewhere where we are going to enjoy spending time together um, after she goes to bed mm-hmm. uh, so we've really nailed it there with some great spots yeah somewhere that's a good point so yeah
2: watch this sunset or we can each do our own thing in the evenings Mm -hmm. and still have it
0: feel like a part of the travel experience rather than, uh...
1: you know, just stuck. sitting there.
0: Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I've been places and just felt like I'm stuck in, you know, it's like who has to stay with the baby in the hotel while they nap because everyone else just wants to be by the pool or something, you know, like there isn't a view or there isn't, I haven't brought enough things for me to do in downtime kind of thing. So yeah, I like that. That's a good tip to just, plan to stay somewhere you want to be also you know that so you don't feel trapped
1: yeah and that that is kind of our vacation time then right mm-hmm. is, is we get to bond um we both kind of have our creative ventures that we are able to take with us when we go so like craig said we have some time to ourselves too to be working on something that is pleasurable yeah um, the blog is is one of those things and mm-hmm. um I do hand quilting. Uh, Craig does a lot of sketching.
0: Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Any other, just in to end off, any other funniest traveling anecdote that you have or any kind of like quote that you, something you said that you never thought you'd say is my, always my ending thing, which, um, I'll share mine with you so you have a minute to think. But um, just (laughs) recently, my son, who's four, realized he can pick up our cat who's just old. She's 10. And so I found myself saying, cats are not for throwing in the (laughs) kitchen. (laughs) Because, yeah, he picked her up and it just a little bit too excitedly put her down. (laughs) Yeah. So anything like that where you were in another country and you found yourself saying something you never thought you would or...
1: Oh, well, we probably have lots to choose from. Um, <laughs> I think the thing that comes to mind first is not actually directed at her, mm-hmm. but um, as a result of, of her, yeah, lots of accommodations don't really, you know, when you're traveling with a child, you spend more time in places than you would otherwise, mm-hmm. right? So you might have to yeah. pack on an extra couple of days. And one of the big things that is usually missing from um, rentals is, is where to dispose of your garbage.
0: Right? Okay. Because people
1: aren't expecting that you're going to be spending that many days in a place yeah and there might not be public garbages outside um, that's at least something that we've experienced
2: they're certainly not expecting you to have a bunch of diapers no. to dispose of right
0: <laughs> 30 diapers over three days or something right? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so there have been times when we have forgotten that we have put bags of dirty diapers out on balconies or terraces or back porches at somewhere where we aren't smelling it because mm-hmm. we've been there for a week um and then we're sending a, a message later saying i
2: hope hope you found the poop that oh, we you left, left
0: you. on the balcony <laughs> 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 Oh my gosh, that's funny. And then next next trip you're like, "Okay, let's leave the let's leave a little bit bigger tip for the housekeeping." <laughs> <laughs> Friends oh. reviews on Airbnb. Oh, yeah. no, we're so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh that's great listen thank you so much for all the tips and thank you for creating that blog i really wish that it was around when i started traveling with my daughter because i did have a lot of anxiety around it and kind of felt like i was on my own but i feel like um your blog and hopefully this podcast episode is a great um kind of resource resource for parents that are traveling for the first time or maybe not for the first time but it hasn't been going well and they're looking for some new ideas so thank you
1: Oh, thanks. I'm glad it was useful.
0: Yeah, it's great. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us on. Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to share your funny stories of travel that I can share on a short episode, a quick thoughts episode, I would love to hear them. Or if you have any questions, I can relay them to Craig and Erin, and then get an answer for you on a quick thoughts episode. You can email me with the subject line travel. Uh, email is Charlene at playfuljoyparenting.com. I'd also love to hear from you on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Playful Joy Podcast. And if you enjoyed the podcast today, please like, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Play or wherever you listen. Or the best way that you can tell me that you like the podcast is just to tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.